Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello and thanks for tuning in to episode 77 of the Glasgow's Green Podcast, aka Gigpod. Now it was supposed to be Rizzo on this one, with his punk phone. Unfortunately, the big man can't get out of his bed and he can't even gloat about winning the competition, about getting free food or anything. He has got, well, he's not got COVID and he's not got a flu. It's a, just a really bad cold, and so we're calling it Novid. I think even Spunk Phones had that as well. I certainly seem to have picked up something in the last couple of weeks. But anyway, this isn't the, the medical podcast or whatever that we're going to be talking about Celtic. I just wanted to let all the concerned listeners know that don't make a big fuss about John. He'll be fine. And I'm sure he'll be on the next podcast anyway. If he can be bothered getting out of his bed, maybe he'll start doing it all for his bed in the future. I just don't know. I'm not a doctor. Anyway, Spunkphone, are you in fine health for this 77th episode of Gigpod? I'm indeed, Stevie, and it's great to be back on. Um, it's been a, a wee while since my last appearance, and I've got to be honest, Stevie, I was starting to wonder if if you still wanted me. As long as I'm here, you're here. You're the reason why I'm here. So what have you been up to anyway? You were, I know you were in Tenerife. You know, I was I was at the country for a, a week or so there. had a, a good time over in Tenerife. Ate my body weight and some great Spanish food. Consumed a lot of uh, Spanish lager as well. Um, but no, I'm, I'm back and I'm in, in top condition, ready to record and, and talk about not just uh, today's fine win at Dens Park, but also Ferenc Farros. We were far too tired during the week, we? <laughs> because we're that professional in here. But no, we, we do need sleep in order to be in our prime best spunk phone. And we were knackered during the week, especially. Well, thank you, UEFA, for the stupid 8 o'clock kickoff times as well. Great bunch of lads. But yeah, before we talk about Dundee, very, very quickly, the win over Ferenc Farros, I think 3-2 flattered them greatly. It was just a 
stupid goal to concede that it's really took the gloss off what was an excellent performance. But another one thought, and this is the thing is uh, before the game, I actually mean Reedsel were doing the predictions, as you know. And I predicted us to get beat because of Celtic away in Europe and what they're like. But it was evident after the excellent start with Kyogo's goal. And even the way we reacted to the equaliser, it was evident that this was a Celtic team that weren't going to revert back to, you know, getting beaten games, that, which was realistically, that was there to be, to be won for us. And that's now six points out of six in that double header against them. We're going to be in Europe after Christmas. That was the objective. The manager's done well. The team have done well. And I just thought during the week, it was a really, really composed performance. Yeah, I'm, I'm very much in the same boat. I thought it was a really comfortable commanding performance from us um, away in Hungary in midweek. And you're right in saying that the first goal for them in response to obviously Kyogo putting his ahead with that really composed finish, um, it was an absolute freak goal. There, there's no doubt in that. I did fear for maybe a moment once that goes in, particularly so, so soon after we'd taken the lead, that... We might well revert back to type and, um, you know, everyone knows, I think, the the cliche and um, sort of how Celtic perform away from home in Europe now. Um, But it it was a really comfortable performance and, and as you say, we scored not just one, two, but but three really good goals. Um, And, yeah, as you say, a bit of a daft goal to give it away at the end, which does take the gloss off it a little bit, I think. But, um, you know, European football after Christmas was the objective. I think looking at where we were in the summer with the the rebuild that was required and the amount of work that the manager you know had to get through in such a short space of time with all the the sort of European qualifiers going on in the background as well, I think it was a credit to get us into the Europa League group stage in the first place. And as you say, after two really good results, home and away to Ferenc Faros, we've got European football after Christmas. So. Um, yeah, I was I was very pleased with the performance on Thursday and, and the result as well. Back in, I think it was August, when we beat Jablonic 4-2 at Hamish Carton, if you're listening, I'm not going to pronounce it the way that you pronounce it. I'm not as professional as that. They will be getting called Jablonic, okay? But we beat them 4-2, and if you remember, I was on 6-7 Hail Hail, and I went through David Turnbull. I felt that he was weak, he was not picking the right passes, decision-making was awful, it, it, it was just attempting those long-range shots when there was better options on. I was really, I have to say, I was surprised that David Turnbull still getting selected by the manager when it just seemed miles off it, even fitness-wise. But, I mean, fast-forward now, a few months later, when he settled in that team under Ange, and I thought he was magnificent. I thought he was one of the best players in the park against Ferenc Faros, along with a front three and Juranovic. Absolutely great. And I know that it was a team effort and everything spunk for And before we talk about Dundee, I just want to know regarding David Turnbull, are you surprised at the way that he's really come into his own under the manager? Because, you know, when you look at the start he had to the season, everybody was choking for him to be dropped. It's now got to the point that alongside McGregor midfield, he's practically undroppable at this point. Yeah, he did a pretty slow start of the season. And um, I think even, for example, in the Leverkusen game at home, I know he made that error where he slipped um, at, at their goal and I think a lot of the a lot of the kind of support, maybe myself included as well, we're being pretty critical of his performances and his form but he's really picked up in the last few weeks and, and I think away to Ferenc Varos on Thursday night was probably his not just his best performance in a European game for us but his best performance under this manager as well, I thought he was excellent 
what I did like about the the game today and before it, I genuinely thought like the manager was going to throw a curveball. I thought we were going to you know maybe have Kyo go out wide again and Gigi might have started. But I was really really happy to see that the team was unchanged, and that's good for consistency as well. And it says a lot about how comfortable and just how much the, the, that team are getting to basically be you know more uh, fluid with each other. So I was delighted that there was no changes made. Um, and when you look at the the start we made to the game, it was, you know, the manager was justified with that because we just came out of the blocks flying a lot like we did on Thursday as well. Dundee just had no answer to us. And in the first 20 minutes or so, I know it was only like 2-0, but it was like everything we went forward, we just looked so relentless, didn't we? Yeah, I think that opening period, it was it was 2-0 really going on 4-5-6, whatever it might have been. Um, I, I was pleased with that as well, to, to see an unchanged 11. I think it was... Our good friend Hamish at 67 Hail Hail that had tweeted out earlier on that I think that was the first time actually under Ange that he'd named a, an unchanged 11, which um, shows as well that I think he and, and, and the team are a lot more settled now into really what, what they're trying to carry out. And, and also, um, you know, they're in decent form. I know obviously we had the disappointment against Livingston last week, but ultimately if everyone's fit, I know he's obviously talked about trying to manage Kyogo's minutes because he's came from playing virtually a full season in Japan into you know a season with us where we're playing pretty much Sunday Thursday. But I was really pleased to to see the uh, the lineup remain consistent from what we had on Thursday night. Um, started the game off as you say, full of in- intent. You know we were. Fantastic going forward. Tony Ralston obviously does brilliantly to get the shot off for the first goal there. Unfortunate not to score, despite obviously the big big deflection there. But Jota just picked up where he left off on Thursday night, like the the rest of the team really. And then as you say, Kyogo gets his, his customary goal against Dundee, or customary goals, I should say, because he scored a course in the, the second half as well. And it's another brilliant ball in from, from Tony Ralston there. So no, I thought we started full of attacking intent. Um, and as you say, in the opening 20 minutes there, although it was only 2-0, every time we went forward, we, we looked like we were scoring and, and Dundee just had no answer to that. I mean, just before the game as well, you look at the way Dundee set up, they had five at the back, but you, you could never tell that because Celtic just picked them off so easily. I think I will give them a bit of credit, despite the fact that they had five at the back. I think Dundee at least came at us. They didn't sit in and you know they didn't take heed from what Livingston did at Celtic Park against us. They actually had a wee bit of a goal, but in, I will say credit to Dundee in that respect for not doing a levy, but as well, they showed a lot of naivety up against that Celtic team. I think that naivety is a massive reason as to why they've conceded the most amount of goals in the league. Yeah, I don't think, um, you know, I know we're going to wax lyrical about the performance today, but I don't think Dundee are a, a very good side. Um, I think, although they are, as you say, second bottom in the league at the moment, I think it's four points in it between them and County, who are who are in 12th. Um, albeit, I think Ross County have got a game in hand, but the I mean, the result, to be fair, between those two teams the other week kind of tells you everything you need to know. I think Dundee are comfortably the worst team in the division. And particularly, as you say, they, they had a goal, but it is pretty naive. Um, I thought with the five at the back that they probably would just try and sit a bit deeper. They're probably putting another another centre-half into there to try and combat Kyogo and, and his movement. You know, just have the, the extra body in there. But as you say, it, they just they were too open. And, and Celtic, with that front three... And, and the fullbacks getting forward as well. We've got players who will just capitalise on that, and and I think that's what you saw in the first sixty minutes or so. When you look at it, last season the way we weren't playing this type of football, and we should have been battering teams, but we weren't. It was slow, passive, static uh, football we were playing. 
it's not the case anymore. It's very, very different. And I think today was probably where the expectations now from myself personally have just shot up. Like the standards now at Celtic have shot up as well. With that, the expectations are going up. So I think this was really the first type of game where I really fully expected the three points. Like I never, despite the fact that I was doing the predictions and everything with John, like although I'm hopeful that we'll be going to get the three points and everything at places like Fur Park and, you know, Pataudry and Easter Road, for example, even though I actually predicted a draw there. But in the back of your mind, you're hopeful that we're going to get the three points because it's Celtic, we've got a better team, we've got the most resources, and generally, you know, we've, we're fitter than a lot of the teams out there, and we're just used to winning all the time, and these teams aren't. I think there's always been a case in the back of my mind how we're going to see the game out and all that as well. Um, and I wouldn't be shocked if we slipped up in other, play- in other games in the past, uh, earlier this season. This was the first one, though, where before the game, I was very re- relaxed going into it. I felt as if, you know, it was a case of, I think we'll have the game wrapped up in the, at halftime. I turned down to Hamish when I was watching the game with, and I said that 1-0, game over. I just can't see Dundee getting back into it. And although they threatened a wee bit when they pulled a goal back, I think this was the big one for me that I never once felt, oh no, here we go. I just thought, stupid mistake. And we'll talk about it in a second. But I just felt it was a daft mistake, but we'll recover and we'll probably, you know, score another couple of goals just to see it out in that respect. What about you, though? See, when they scored, did you ever feel threatened or did you think this along the same lines as myself there? Not really. And, and I think a lot of that probably had to do with the, the performance in midweek um, and the fact that. Again, it was another occasion where we did give away a kind of stupid goal towards the end of that game, but ultimately, um, you know, saw it through. So I, I just thought we were so commanding up until their goal that, um, you know, e- even when they did pull one back there from, as you say, a pretty pretty stupid mistake, a pretty poor goal to give away, albeit probably not even the worst goal we gave away in the game. Um, but no, I, I was totally calm and, and assured, and so were the players as well, that... Um, you know, just continue the the good work that they'd done in the first sort of 20, 25 minutes or so. And that's what they did. And I think the Celtic team are always going to concede as well, despite, you know, it's fair and Faros, Dundee, it doesn't matter who they're playing. The fact is, you know, they're that offensive. We are going to leave some holes at the back and all that for other teams to exploit too. And when you look at our centre-halves as well, like I don't think Stephen Welsh is an elite centre-half at all. He's still arguably learning the game. So he is going to make mistakes as well that he has to cut out. And that will come in time. But I thought he could have done better with the first goal today. You mentioned Tony Ralston. I want to talk about him just now. And do you know what was so good? that He fully deserved his contract. I don't think anybody can dispute that at all for the, how he started the season. His mentality has been different class. Arguably three assists today. Certainly two with the goals that were scored through Jota and Kyogo. But even with the first shot, like he had a big hand in that with the, with the effort. Comes off the post and Jota scores the rebound. But what was so good about that is usually when you get players getting tied up on the bumper contracts, right? I said this earlier in 67 Hail Hail as a tabloid part. But when they get that, they usually go back to being comfortable and they go, all right, that's me, I've got my reward here. They're, sometimes you see players losing the hunger, they revert back to type, and it's a case of going, oh, well, that was a, that was a nice wee bit of short-term form. We're back to the normal player we saw before that contract. Now, with Alston... He still had the hunger, didn't he? He still had the desire. If anything, that contract news actually encouraged him even more, gave him more confidence, because I thought his performance today was absolutely first class. Um, I, I was worried that as much as he deserves a new contract, perhaps it came a little bit soon. 
and and there was always the risk, as you say, that players can maybe take their eye off the ball, they relax, and there's a dip in form as a result. Now, I mean, that might well happen in the longer term. Um, I'm sure Ralston will go through a, a poor patch of form at some stage this season, as will you know, any player in that starting eleven at the moment. But I, I think his showing today certainly certainly put those worries to bed for me in the immediate term anyway. He was fantastic. Um, as you say, definitely two assists, arguably three. Unfortunate not to score with the first effort, albeit it does take a big deflection. Second one's a brilliant ball into Kyogo, who, you know, we, we rave constantly about his, his movement. He didn't really have to do a whole lot because it was right on his head. And, and then the, the third one, as, as I'm sure we'll come on to, the way he just absolutely bodies Charlie Adam was fantastic. And then the ball at the end that Jota makes a, a brilliant dart and run across the six-yard box. And it's a tap-in, really, because it's it's that good a ball from, from Tony Ralston. So I, I thought he was excellent again today. I totally agree with you that the ball that he put in for Jota was great. And I thought Jota anticipated it well. It's a lot like we see from Jota, like we see from Abada in this Ange team, where although they're wide players... They're encouraged to always, you know, play like an inside forward, get right into the six yard box because you're going they're going to get chances. And that's what we saw today with Jota twice with his goals. It wasn't just he's a traditional winger, but he doesn't just hang out wide. He likes to cut inside and he likes to get involved in where, where the real sort of where the action is, where all you're going to nine times out of ten where you are going to get a goal in this hands team in the six yard box. And it's fantastic to see. And he just he read that so so well. It's a great goal, but a great ball with Alston. While I'm on the subject of Tony Ralston here. And we're talking about his uh, Scotland, or the fact that he's not been called up for Scotland. Here's one. I don't know if you're looking. I'm just checking online. Um, Ryan Fraser and Grant Hanley. Now, they they miss out of the Scotland team for the international break coming up. There's been an inclusion in the Scotland national team spunk phone. Now, I don't know if you've been able to check this in the last five minutes. Did you see who just got called up? I did not, brother. It's not Tony Ralston. It is John Souter. So, he's been included in there. But Ralston's not. Now, no harm to John Souter, who I think is a decent player. And I'm not going to go and start greeting and whining because Tony Ralston's not getting called up for Scotland. It just means he's fitter for us. But I'm all shocked in a way that Clark hasn't at least called him up or hasn't at least trusted him so far for certainly the Moldova game. I find it strange considering, you know, he's been playing and excelling even in Europe as well. It's not as if he's just doing it against Dundee and, and Livingston and that. He's genuinely been doing it doing well for us in Europe. Um I find it strange and you know fair play to John Souter. But I'm just starting to wonder will Tony Ralston's time come? It surely will be after these two qualifiers you've got to think. As good as his form is at the moment and, and I would love for him to get that call up and get a first cap as well. I'm not overly surprised that he wasn't included in the squad there. Um I think if you go through kind of the certainly the most recent squad since just before the Euros um, with Clark he tends to pick the same kind of base of, of sort of 18 or 20 or so players there is the odd one that will get in their own form or if there's injuries picked up but I've got to say I wasn't overly surprised to see that he, he wasn't included there um, albeit as I say he needs to get an opportunity at some point because he is excelling not only domestically for us but in the European games so I would hope that, I think the next international break there is in March, I would hope that by then he's getting an opportunity if his form keeps up. Yeah, and you know what, it doesn't really affect us as a club, it doesn't affect us as fans anyway. It's not like it's affecting him because he's still going from strength to strength for Celtic, long may that continue. That fourth goal, brilliant. Me and Hamish were, were saying a lot of that game was very much, you know, like that, it was, the team were so confident that it was you were just showcase goal a lot like um, we make comparisons to the five two win against St Johnston and Perth, but that Celtic side were just 
they were they were just loving their football so much, and you saw the fantastic team goal that Big Dembele finished off after Lustig sort of the bone across. The one today wasn't quite on the same level, but I just felt there were similarities with the way that that fourth one went in just to like sort of seal it, because that was just a fantastic goal. It was the way that Jota just glided past the players, kept the the move sort of going. The way that he was accelerating with the ball as well, like he wasn't, he, he had it under control the whole time at the pace he was going at. His cut back to Kyogo was so perfect, and Kyogo's finished first time on the left foot in the near post, unstoppable, and it was a harder finish than what it actually looked. There's not a lot of players that could have just put that in like that. They'd have probably taken a touch and went to the you know, went to the opposite side of the goalie, but it was just instinctive for Kyogo. And I just thought it was a brilliant, brilliant goal. And me and Hamish actually stood up and applauded it. It was this type of goal that you associate with Celtic when they're at their entertaining and free flowing best, wasn't it? Yeah, no, it was it was a fantastic goal. Um I think that moved in the left hand side. Um Jota using obviously all his skill, his dribbling ability to Beat the Dundee defenders, plays that lovely little interchange with Juranovic, I think it was, and um, then as you say, the, the cutback to Kyogo, it's inch perfect, weighted perfectly, Kyogo has that swing at it, which is just instinctive with the left foot, and um, it is a brilliant finish, and, and as you say, it was a really difficult one as well, I think he made it look a lot easier than it was. There's been a lot of talk, obviously, I think after every game, among supporters certainly, but I saw there was a bit of chat today after the game, and you'd actually touched on the fact that we seem to have first option um, when it comes to Jota. I think the fees are around six, six and a half million, whatever it is that the papers are saying. But my goodness, if if he's keeping up this sort of form, it will be a steal. I, I'm just throwing that out there. I know everyone's saying it already, but Celtic, please pay the money because him and Kyogo the last couple of games have been unplayable. Even I would be shocked, Spunk Phone, at Celtic in this hierarchy. Not splashing out the money for Jota. I really, really would. And this is a hierarchy that... <laughs> have made many, many bad decisions, not just in the last uh, two years of that, but I'm talking the entire time I've supported Celtic, the board have made some right negligible decisions. I'd be shocked if they didn't pay the money for Jota. I really, really would. But hopefully they're working on a deal in the background. And I know that's that's going to be something a lot of fans are always wanting to talk about and we'll be hearing it week, week in, week out up until we do it. So we're not going to be a broken record on that one. You know our thoughts on it. I think every Celtic fan out there, if you are a fan of seeing proper attractive football and just entertaining players, you'll be wanting to see Jota nailed down with us for, a, for the next few years. We've got a chance to do it. So you know our thoughts on it and I think every other fan will have the same thought as well. Talking about another new signing and an important player that we've got is Joe Hart now. Now, I think his... Uh, generally, he, he had a quiet game today. And I thought the good was when he calmed down Juranovic, who could have very easily lost the plot after the goal to make it 2-1. That was good for him, showing very, very good leadership there. But I think he, second half, it was his first error since the AZ Altmar game, where he came out to meet across and... Get nowhere near it. Dundee made it four two, and you know it's a, maybe a testament, Spunk Phone, that when you look online, and I've looked in the forums, I've looked on like Twitter, I've looked on like the Reddit sites and all that, and there's not been a lot of people really crucifying him for it. They said daft error, but it's not as if it's a case that oh I don't know about him going forward. It's or, or going pff, we've got to really maybe give another goalie a chance, stuff like that. They've not been there's not been any hyperbole basically, and I think a lot of people have just accepted that it's a. A daft error. A mistake the goalkeepers probably will make. And it's just a case of writing it off and moving on. 
which is a good thing to see, especially for a Celtic goalkeeper when there's no a massive drama being made over a mistake. Yeah, absolutely. Particularly after all the, the drama we've had around goalkeepers, certainly last season and into the beginning of this season as well. Um, I think you're right in saying it's it's a hard error, um, but ultimately his performances since joining have been, you know, of a, a good enough level that he's got that bit of goodwill, I suppose, with supporters that he, he can drop a clanger in a game that, you know, we'd already won well before that anyway. As you say, he's not getting crucified for it. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's a Joe Hart error, but as you say, I think every keeper's got one of those in them. And uh, if, if he's getting out of the system in a game that we're already well ahead and comfortable in, then um, that's maybe not the worst thing. Before we round this one up, we look at the table. Rangers won today as well. So, it's still at four points going into the next international break. They'll go top, we'll be second. We scored one more goal than them, but we've conceded four less, which is no bad considering apparently we had a very uh, unstable defence and theirs was untouchable. So nice wee narrative there that we can that it can be ended. You know what? See four points at this stage of the season after the start we had, you'd have taken it, wouldn't you? Yeah, absolutely. I'd... <laughs> I'm kind of of the opinion, certainly going into the, the, the um, game against them at New Year's and the winter break as well, I think as long as you're in within maybe, say, six points, which is touching distance, I, I, I would have taken that, certainly after the the start that we'd had with the, the results that we'd had away from home as well. So, um, no, I, I think where we are at the moment with the level of performances that we're getting, we're finally seeing, a, I think, a, a bit of consistency. Yeah, it, it's... It's not the end of the world. I know people will want to see us back on top of the table where we belong, but ultimately, as you say, I think the, the start that we had to the season, the difficulties that we had with our away form, um, to be within sort of touching distance still of them and, and with as well, as you say, the, the goals against in our favour when um, there is obviously that narrative around the, the back line. I don't think we're in the worst place at all going into this international break. To a lot of the gig pod listeners as well, we're not going to shy away from one of the big talking points today. I'm not on about the minute silence or anything. Look, this is always going to be a subject that rumbles on. I'm not here to call out other Celtic fans for what they think during the minute silence is right or not. It's a boring topic and it's essentially now just used as a point scoring exercise by one club to get something over the other club. It's turned into a tedious topic, to be honest, but a more pressing issue is the protest today that we saw against Bernard Higgins, who could very well be employed by the club. Now, a lot of Celtic fans chucked tennis balls on. The club were told the ball is in your court, it's them, or Higgins. And you know what? The protest got people talking, so mission accomplished in that respect. I actually had no problems with it at all because I would never want this guy, who was formerly the Assistant Chief Constable at Police Scotland, and he was key in the implementation of the Offensive Behaviour at Football Act, I would never want a guy like that at Celtic Park. I'm strongly against it, Spunkphone. I'm sure you are too. I'll come on to you in a minute on that. I just think it's the wrong move for the club. We're talking about, just five minutes ago, about the Celtic board and making bad decisions and scoring on goals. I think this would be the biggest. Um, having a guy like that who's harmed a lot of Celtic fans, a lot of football fans. It's not just about Celtic. It's a lot of football fans in general. He's been a real antagonist in a lot of their lives. And now all of a sudden, Celtic are amazingly thinking of having him as an employee so I mean that's my thoughts on it as well I'm not going to again not going to get my high horse about it because I think the fans today they made the they made their point and I totally agree with them um, they were spot on so I'm assuming you feel the same way as myself Spunk Phone yeah I think everything you said that is spot on I'm 
in agreement with you, Stevie. Um, totally in favour of the protest today. Same with the ones against Livingston the other week. I think just because there's been a a decent run of form recently, and and um, you know results have have certainly been consistently much better. It doesn't mean that we shouldn't take the board to task or, or call them out um, when they show clear contempt for the support. Um, I think the contempt they've already shown to even consider this guy um, after the campaign that he had led along with, with others um, against fans, as you say, and not just the Celtic, but uh, of just football fans in Scotland in general. It's a disgrace. We're constantly told as well, and, and I, I get there'll be listeners here that don't agree with the protest today. We're constantly told by some that Supporters have got the right to protest, um, but it's not like this or they're doing it wrong. They're completely missing the point that the board's the root cause of these, as they've called them, distractions, like the half an hour silence at Livingston last week or a two-minute delay in the game um, at kick-off today. So, as they said today, the, the ball's in, in the board's court. It's up to them as to whether or not they want this, this protest to continue. Personally, it should never have gotten to the point, I think, of, of them even considering this guy for a role. But, I mean, it's clear to them now, surely, that the vast majority of the support are against this and they really just need to nip it in the bud now. You know, we'll always support what these guys are doing to protest against this individual. So I, as at GigPod, have, are fully on board with the, with the protesters and we will continue to be, definitely. Now... That's it for episode 77. Can I just say to the audience as well, you might have realised or you might have picked up that I'm not 100% either. Now, unlike Rizzo, I didn't pull out today and I soldiered on. So I managed to get out of my bed. I managed to do a 6 or 7 Hail Hail video that you'll be able to see on YouTube. I managed to come on and record with Spunk Phone and I managed to do it all so that he's still got time to watch the Mexican Grand Prix. You have a romance in Mexico, I'm led to believe. It is a big one, Stevie. It's my, my partner's home Grand Prix, so um, looking forward to it. Hopefully some more big wins for the boys at Red Bull and Supermax as well, and hopefully a wee podium for Checo. Um, most of the listeners won't have a clue what I was just on about there, but for those that are, yeah, I'm, I'm hoping they're all in the same boat. And regarding, you know, you and my other pal Sean sort of got me into F1, I'll watch it on a Sundays and all that. I won't be watching it tonight. I can see myself getting an early one, brother. But how many more races are there to go in the F1 bids? There are five to go, brother. And who's going to win it? Supermax. It really is one of the greats. Bunkphone, speaking of one of the greats, thanks for coming on. Cheers for making an appearance on GigPod again. It was good to be back. Pleasure as always to be chatting with yourself, Stevie. And um, good of you to as well to push through the illness that you've had. Um, unlike a, a certain member of this podcast. So leave it to those that are willing. Right, listeners. Uh, Rizzo does the sign-off and his wonderful dulcet tones it's iconic now with what he says and everything so i'm going to have to try and take over very very quickly here on this one before i close out but you know where we are you know where to find us we're on twitter instagram you know myself and spunk phones twitter handles and everything so you can obviously follow us i won't be too fussed if you don't but i'm sure spunk phone will be absolutely offended if you don't follow him i think spunk phone you're you're like five thousand odd now or something i'm actually hit the hit the 5k mark the other um the other day so Thanks very much to all my wonderful followers, the, the Spunkomaniacs, as I call them, um, and all the, the followers and listeners of uh, this podcast as well. They truly are some of the greatest. But we'll be back for episode 78 after the St. Johnston game. I'll probably be doing something with Hamish after that on 67 Hail Hail as well on YouTube. You can catch that out just by typing in 67 Hail Hail and you'll be able to find what we do on there too, alongside Hamish, John and the rest of the guys. But yep, it'll be after the St. Johnson semi-final, you'll be getting more gig pod. So we will talk to you then. Take it easy and hail, hail.
Sports Social Podcast Network. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.